BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hola, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have a great interview today with Sherman Smith. Who Ooh. is Sherman Smith? He's the editor-in-chief of the Kansas Reflector. Why does that matter? It's because that paper broke the news about the Marion County record being raided yeah. by police because they were doing a uh, investigation on a high-powered individual within Ooh. their community of Marion County, and the police didn't like it one gosh darn bit. First time in American history, or, or the very least in modern American history, right, yeah. right. where a local newspaper was raided by police. This raid extensively led to the death of Joan Meyer, a 98-year-old woman who was the co-owner of the local paper uh, along with her son. So anyway, we got a lot to get to here. It's great to speak with Sherman Smith. And uh, what do you think? We should just jump to the conversation and talk about after? I mean, I know we had been passing around this story when it happened uh, to each other, just in terms of the... You know, the international backlash it's to huge. something like this. So yeah. it's so fascinating. And and we will get into it here with Sherman of the Kansas Reflector, uh, who, again, they were the first outlet to actually publish about this raid because obviously the Marion County record was being raided and they could not publish the story themselves. Right. But it really just says uh, the importance about the freedom of the press. And as you'll see in our conversation or as you'll hear in our conversation, um, uh, thankfully, a lot of people really rallied behind this small town, literally a mom and pop yes. newspaper. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, bad people, a lot of bad actors working in this situation, but there's a lot of good actors working in this situation, too. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to our conversation with editor in chief Sherman Smith. All right. Now, it is an honor to be joined by editor-in-chief of the Kansas Reflector, the newspaper that broke the story about the uh, police raid at the Marion County record. Sherman Smith is with us. Sherman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. So what the hell is going on in Kansas? <laughs> the question that everybody is asking. Can you explain a yeah. little bit? Obviously, this raid is being called Gestapo style, which that's not good. You never want to have Gestapo style raids in your uh, in your town. What exactly happened with the Marion County record and uh, what? why did this raid take place? And obviously, why did the Kansas reflector, as soon as you heard this news, rush to publish an article about how horrible it was? 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of questions that are unanswered, things we still don't know. But what we do know is that the newspaper was, um, you know, doing its due diligence in getting information from a confidential source about uh, a, a prominent citizen they were reporting on. They verified the information decided ultimately not to write the story, but police okay. found out that they were working on this. And um, the the police chief, Gideon Cody, secured a search warrant from a magistrate judge wow. to to search the newsroom and seize all their, their property, as well as the publisher's home where he lived with his 98-year-old mother uh, and also a city councilwoman. Uh, ostensibly, the you know, the search warrant is based on this idea that a reporter would have committed identity theft by looking this person up in a, a online database and, and finding out her driver's license history. That's what we know from the search warrant. They have not yet released the affidavit, which, you know, perhaps could shine some light on whatever evidence they thought they had to support the search warrant. But they came in uh, simultaneous raids at these three locations. They took in the newsroom, they took all the computers, the hard wow. drives, uh, router, the, the cell phones of personal reporters. Uh, cell phones. Uh, there was one reporter, Deb Groover, the police chief, ripped the phone out of her hand and injured her fingers in the process. Whoa. Um, they they took utility records, were, were part of the search warrants. Uh, and, and the search warrant allowed them to take any documents or records related to the person that they were investigating. Oh my God. Uh, at the the publisher, Eric Meyer, at his home, they were rifling through his stuff. They, they were able to take photos of his personal bank statements, other records. They took the uh, the device, the Alexa uh, voice-activated device that his aging mother used to, you know, basically live in the home. She was so stressed uh, from this, she didn't eat, she didn't sleep that night. And the next day, in the middle of a sentence with her son, the publisher, she dropped dead in her home. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So that was the 98-year-old woman, the mom of the publisher. Um, so when it comes to what they were looking for in this raid... It seems as if they were attempting to find evidence to cover up a potential scandal that was involving the sheriff of Marion County. Is that correct? Uh, I don't think the sheriff of Marion County is involved in this. Uh, two of his deputies assisted the police in this, the search warrant. But when I, I talked to the, the sheriff briefly Wednesday, uh, as they were actually giving all the stuff back, he wanted to make it very clear that he had nothing to do with the raid. His agency was not involved in the raid. Um, they were investigating. Well, how, were they actually, able to, how were they able to do it then without the not? I mean, this it seems like a pretty big yeah. undertaking to raid a local newspaper. Of <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe the town is only like two thousand people. Correct. Yeah, it was the entire five-person uh, staff of the city police department with two sheriff's deputies aiding. Okay, uh, and you know they were investigating the a woman who runs a, a restaurant and was seeking a a liquor license. Um, the publisher. You know, that's what the, the search warrant is related to. Hmm. You know, the publisher has pointed out that he was also uh, investigating the police chief himself. Hmm. Uh, the Kansas City Star has subsequently reported that the police chief at his former job uh, as a captain on the Kansas City, Missouri police force had been under investigation for alleged misconduct was perhaps about to be disciplined when he got the job to come to Marion a couple months ago. Mm, um, wow. So there's the, you know, suspicion, I think, by Eric Meyer, the the newspaper publisher, that maybe the police chief was really just motivated in punishing the newspaper for these investigations. The so police is it, chief, go on. The police chief Gideon Cody, you said was his name? 
That's correct. Okay, just wanted yeah, to get so the name. Gideon right. Yeah, so Gideon Cody. So he's a police chief. He was in some trouble, almost like a little Catholic church here, a little priest replacement, perhaps <laughs> a little move around uh, this person. So uh, moving moving this uh, person now to Marion County, I guess that this was to move him to a smaller district where perhaps he figured no one would give a crap about the allegations against him. Well, it's not like the Catholic Church where there's somebody over him trying to figure out where to send him. I mean, this is just somebody who applied for a job and the local city council decided to hire him, okay. um, presumably without knowledge of the the it's misconduct, although okay. we, we don't know what, what questions they asked or what information they had. So that was the catalyst for the raid, though. You know, the, the search warrant is based on the idea that a reporter committed a crime by verifying information she received about uh, this restaurant owner's driver's license history. And so if that was to be a precedent, how would that erode freedom of press? Isn't that their job? Yeah. You know, you asked earlier why we spring into action. And, you know, as soon as I, I got the alert from this midday, uh, Friday, August 11th, from the, the Kansas Press Association, they they alerted all the, the press members that this raid was happening. And as soon as we saw it, everybody in my newsroom like stopped what we were doing and sprang into action because yeah. this is a direct assault on what we do as journalists. Right. You know, the the idea that a, a law enforcement officer could just suspect that a crime, which is, you know, there's not really a, a clear reason why this would be a crime, just suspect that maybe a reporter committed a crime and that would justify taking away everything in the newsroom is really egregious. I mean, yeah. for one, you would only need to take that one reporter stuff. Right. But two, she, she, you know, she was very upfront about what she had did. The newspaper was forthcoming about what she did. You didn't even need to take her computer because she'd already told you what she did. She typed the the, the license number into a database and looked this, this person up. You know, this this really has a chilling effect on journalists because yeah. it sends a message to any source out there, potential source out there. Even if you want to remain confidential, if you try to give information to a newspaper that's, you know, can be critical of a powerful official, something a powerful person doesn't want the public to know, they can find out who you are. And so that's then, why we've seen yeah. solidarity, you know, international solidarity really behind opposing this. Absolutely. So then that's what I see as the motivation for what Gideon Cody, Sheriff Gideon Cody was doing. He was trying to find the identity of this person, the, the whistleblower or the confidant, basically. Well, certainly that's uh, our understanding is that's why the, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation got involved. Um, you know, they want to know if somebody has accessed the criminal justice database. Um, if there is somebody who accessed the criminal justice database, which only law enforcement is supposed to have, mm -hmm. and then gave this information to the newspaper, you know, they would have a concern right. there. And so clearly, mm. yeah, there's an interest from law enforcement saying, who is the secret source here? And that's why it's concerning to to me and to journalists everywhere. We have to protect our sources. Right. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, that's a key component of it. Yeah, it was a dispute over a restaurant owner and some drunk driving uh, convictions. And then the paper's publisher, Eric Meyer, he says uh, that he also suspects it has some unpublished work investigating Marion's police chief, Gideon Cody. And he says that also probably 
played a role or could have played a role. One of the things that I find so interesting about this, obviously, if you're the Marion County record, you're very well known now. So that's kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, from that perspective, it's kind of good. Yeah. Hopefully people can read the papers more. Right. Um, good press for some. Press. When I was there Wednesday, they said, you know, a paper with a circulation of 4000 said that they had already added 2000 subscribers. Good. So, so wow. you know, more people than ever before are reading the Marion County record. Great. Positive <laughs> right. consequences of this, again, atrocious violation of our constitutional rights. But one thing that is interesting is they're going after the fact that they went after such a small paper. Yeah. Right? That to me is is just horrifying because, you know, you can watch the mainstream um, newspapers, the oligarch class that controls basically all print, except for these awesome, unique, small county uh like the county record mm -hmm. you know that's going to tell you information that you're not going to get elsewhere these are so key to our democratic republic and we've been talking a lot about um voters rights and gerrymandering and trying to get people out and be active in their community and without papers like this people don't know their ass from the hole in the ground <laughs> there are a lot of small town papers in kansas i should say some small town papers in kansas where there might be one, two people tops in the newsroom, yeah. and they might be 20-somethings without a lot of experience, and the owner is a corporation 20 states away. Right. You know, if you were going to pick on a small-town paper, they really picked on the wrong one here because we have a publisher whose family has been involved in the paper since the 1940s. Wow. He spent 20 years at a big newspaper in Wisconsin uh, and then went to the University of Illinois where he taught journalism for 26 years. Then decides to come home and, I guess, run a, the family newspaper as a retirement project. And they have uh, a, a horde of, of, of full-time employees and, and uh, part-time employees who contribute to the paper. You know, their size may, maybe dwarfs some larger communities in Kansas, frankly. You know, they know what they're doing and they are well-armed to go do it. And now they have the financial support, the legal support, and the, the moral support of journalists all over the world. Yeah, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's actually a, a good point that I want to make, too, about the this is literally a mom and pop newspaper, but how these are kind of getting shut down all across the country. We've mm -hmm. kind of covered that again about community newspapers uh, shutting down, getting bought out by big corporations. So not only is this add on to what mom and pop newspapers are already dealing with, um, but I mean, this. It's a chilling effect, like you said, on sources, local sources and everything like that. What are the reverberations in Kansas? And then also, what are you hearing from these journalists all around the world um, in terms of what they see this, again, this egregious action? Um, what, what is this going to how is this going to move everyone forward? How do we how do we move forward from it? You know, I think there's a a clear reaction here that says we we can't allow this to stand. Like there has to be a, a clear signal that mm -hmm. police cannot raid a newsroom. Uh, and in fact, as far as we can tell, um, and as far as some national groups who have looked into this can tell, this has never happened in the United States anywhere before right. at wow. any time in the country's history. And so there has to be a clear signal here. Otherwise, it's it's open season on on journalists in Kansas. You know, even if they're able to just get away with handing the stuff back and say, well, we made a mistake. Right. You know, if that's the end of it, then you know, still sends a message to law enforcement. We can just say we made a mistake. And in the meantime, we'll figure out who their sources are. And right. so, I, you know, I think there have to be repercussions here. And I think the, the newspaper is interested in pursuing those avenues. I mean, at some point you would imagine these arresting officers had to, when they're ripping phones uh, out hands. of the hands of yeah. these 
workers, many of them are older people. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just, again, they're going and mostly talking about county fairs and apple pies, I would imagine. (laughs) And next thing you know, they have, uh, again, a raid at their freaking newspaper. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When it comes to the rhetoric that is anti-media or anti-press, obviously from the national level, you had the Republicans and Trump, you know, talking about CNN and all the other corporate brands. And, and there is some truth to, uh, you know, corporate oligarch run media and in uh, its skewed slants on 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 uh, news and things. But the rhetoric has trickled down now. And I feel like this has become. The rhetoric has now really hit home, literally small town America. And I wonder, what do you think that rhetoric, how is that anti-press rhetoric affected or allowed for people like this police department to think that they could even do this? You know, I think uh, it was amusing to me Wednesday with uh, some national people in town to just kind of see like the the befuddlement that so many hardcore Donald Trump supporters were rallying around this newspaper And in trying to reconcile that, you know, one of the uh, this woman who helps distribute the the paper, I I posted a photo of her on on Twitter Wednesday morning. She comes in Wednesdays when the the newspaper is published to distribute it. And she was wearing a Keep America Great Donald Trump 2024 shirt. And people were kind of scratching their heads going, you know, what is this about? (laughs) Right. and I think this is a unifying moment for us to realize mm-hmm. that free press is not a partisan issue. There are people coming in wearing MAGA hats to uh, to purchase a paper or purchase a subscription. I talked to uh, a, a U.S. Navy veteran who was a hardcore Donald Trump fan. But, you know, from from their perspective, this was government overreach and, and this shouldn't be allowed. Uh, you know, I think that was that was pretty clear. And I would say, too, that even in in 2018, when Donald Trump was president and he came to Topeka to campaign for Chris Kobach, who's now the attorney general, he was running for governor then. Uh, I think he was also here to support some congressional candidate. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, of course, brought tens of thousands of people to the, the venue. And I went up and down the lines talking to people that day who were just really joyful and in awe that they were here to see their hero, but they were also really happy to talk to me and happy that somebody was giving them attention. Nobody gave me any ecstatic about being a reporter or an enemy of the American people. Hmm. And then later when we got inside and and Donald Trump's giving his speech there, again, tens of thousands of people surrounding us, the media is on the floor, kind of in the middle. And when Donald Trump starts talking about how bad the media is and the booze Hmm. rang down from every direction, you could feel the force of that wind hitting you and, and, you know, really smacking you in the face from every direction from the same people who were very happy to talk to me outside. And I think that to me is an indictment of who our leaders are yep. and, and not an indictment of, of my fellow Kansans. Well, sure. In yeah. Kansas, I mean, we saw last summer, too, when they voted overwhelmingly to protect uh, abortion rights, reproductive rights, medical freedom, if you will, as it under was the sold. Sa- under the same 
a true theory that it's government overreach. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, it does seem like Kansas does have that uh, that old progressive spirit as in the, the Teddy Roosevelt early 1900s progressive spirit. We're like, well, hold on. We do yeah. like our freedom of the press and our, and our medical freedom as well. Kansas has a very strong progressive background. Yeah. Uh, and and one of the interesting things about that vote, of course, was the, the campaign to defeat this this constitutional amendment was built on the idea that we shouldn't let the government take our rights away. Uh, and that was a, a resounding message all across Kansas. Um, even in a state where we are a, a deep red state, there are counties that voted 90-10 in favor of Trump. Um, but in each of the four congressional districts, three of them held by Republicans for a long time, um, that amendment failed in each of those four districts. Mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. a, a 59 to, to 41 to 59 to yeah, 59, 41 overall. It gives you a little bit of faith. Uh, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Again, we need to have people voting and the will of the people I do think tends to skew positive. If, uh, you know, I, I, we have to hope, hopefully anyway, what are the odds that the police didn't actually look over all the information that they confiscated from those devices? I know there's a lot of people saying, well, give back all the devices, but please don't look at anything on there. <laughs> what do you think that I would imagine that they looked through everything? Yeah. But what do you think? Well, I can tell you, I was one of two uh, reporters who managed to just walk into the sheriff's office and peer into the evidence locker as they were literally turning the evidence back over. Uh, <laughs> but they were. <laughs> OK, that's a good. That must have been. What was what was their fate? What was the what was their body language from the cops? Like a couple of kids who fucking stole the wrong baseball and got to go give it back to the family. <laughs> But this was the at the sheriff's office, and I think they could not be more eager to get you know rid themselves of this problem that the local police had caused. Yeah, like right. they have the storage locker, but you know, again, the sheriff is standing next to the the evidence locker, going, "We had nothing to do with this." Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But isn't it on the sheriff though? At the end of the day, doesn't the buck still stop with him? These are still his. Um, I guess not employees, but subordinates, deputies, right? These are still his. So I'm getting, it's a little bit annoying that where the sheriff is just trying to wash his hands of it. Like, so either he's totally inept and doesn't know what his goddamn deputies are doing, (laughs) or he had something to do with it. But either way, he looks like a jackass. Well, he told me that he didn't know that they were going to raid the newspaper, that it's a, you know, in a small area when you need help, the, the sheriff's office is responsible for providing aid to the, the police department. And so typically this would come across as we're, ser- we're serving a search warrant and we need a couple of officers for backup. Right. You know, it's, I would doubt that the police said, we're going to go take everything out of the newsroom because we hate the newspaper. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, All right. I'll give him, I'll give him a little bit have. of benefit of the doubt, but yeah. it just seems like he should be a little bit more aware. But all right. So they were <laughs> handing it over and they just it was what was that process like? Yeah. Um, they were handing this to a forensic uh, analysis expert, uh, somebody that was hired by the the newspaper's attorney specifically mm, to look at these devices and find out, did police actually look at this stuff? Mm. Uh, and so they'll make that conclusion. And, you know, that could be part of any potential litigation moving forward. But I know that when right. I talked to Eric Meyer, the publisher, he was very clear saying, we're not using anything till we know if the police looked at it. Wow. Wow. And what do you think that would mean if if it does if it does come out that the police did look at it? What do you think the ramifications are going to be for this local department? And uh, again, obviously, for the for the uh, Marion County record, you're like, let's get some more eyeballs on this paper. So, again, hopefully it can be a positive thing and a reminder how important and fragile freedom of press is. It's not just a clever saying Mm -hmm. we need to fight for it. I would point to the 
the letter that the newspaper's attorney sent to police on Monday, uh, that would have been uh, August 14th, the the letter basically said we're trying to figure out exactly how severe the damages are and if you want to you know keep that cost low you should go ahead and hand over everything now and not look at it um i would encourage you to take us up on this offer <laughs> yeah wow good absolutely well and i know we got to let you go but um i do want to kind of talk about uh what what you work for the Kansas Reflector is obviously the yeah. uh, Kansas Bureau of a, a larger nonprofit journalism project called States Newsroom. Awesome. Uh, my buddy Dave DeWitt runs the Ohio Capital Journal in Ohio. Um, so, you know, in the void of mom and pop newspapers uh, being bought up, closing shop or getting raided. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about what nonprofit journalism is and, and what uh, States Newsroom is trying to do across the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. State's newsroom is working to put journalists back into state houses where the ranks have been depleted over the years uh, and really committed to this idea of doing journalism as a public good. Yes. And so as one of their affiliates in Kansas, I've got um, you know a team of five, including myself, and we get to do this with this nonprofit model as a public service. It means we get to write whatever we want. I have the ultimate say. Nobody tells me what to write or what we can or can't write. Yeah. Um, we get to report stories that we think will make a difference in people's lives. I tell my staff, we we don't write to lawmakers and lobbyists and people who are obsessed with political news necessarily. Uh, we're writing to the grungy populace. We're mm-hmm. trying to engage people with how, how public policy is go- going to impact their lives or make a difference in their lives. Yeah. Um, so we write to people all across the state of Kansas with that in mind. Uh, and it's, it's just been a, a dream come true to, to be able to do this job. And I think people are hungry for it. Mm-hmm. You know, people are just they just want information and uh, all politics are local. So that's just and, and I would assume with the reflector and, you know, with the uh, Marion County record. I mean, I are people do you feel like people are coming back to newspapers, the true legitimate, uh, you know, art form of journalism or people have you have you found that people are really thirsty for that without all the spin and bullshit? Yeah, you know, I think. Historically, we just haven't, as journalists, we haven't done a good job of telling our story. And so we've let other people take this narrative. Mm. We know there are a lot fewer reporters now, uh, and there's not really a strong financial model for a, a newspaper as a business. But the reality is more people are reading news than ever before because the internet allows us to reach a, a larger audience than ever before. Yeah. You know, the Marion County record 50 years ago would have been confined to the 2,000 people who live in town. Today, a million people can log onto their website in an instant and see that they've been rated. So I do think that we have this audience. The The gap has been in figuring out how to monetize this for business purpose. Right. But more people than ever are reading news, which is a message that I think people don't, don't quite understand. One of the things that we've done is we've kind of hit the road in Kansas to do a bunch of town hall forums, town hall style forums across the state, awesome. primarily in small towns uh, where, you know, in a town of a thousand or three thousand, we can draw seventy-five to one hundred fifty people who are eager to ask us questions about what's going on at the state house and in government, or wow. even just like the water policy in in desolate parts of the state. Yeah, you know they they want that information, and and they're happy that we're there to provide it to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being with us, mm, man. Yeah, uh, this story is just incredible and and sad, but I'm, it seems like. Um, it seems like the good side is winning. It seems like people mm-hmm. from all right, walks of right. life are like, no, we have a first amendment. Mm-hmm. We have the freedom of press. 
And uh, yeah, so thank thank you so yeah. much for what you're doing, and thank you for kind of breaking this story and expanding it out. Uh, Sherman Smith, editor in chief of the Kansas Reflector. Uh, my last thing is, how can people help uh, these newspapers? Is there a, is there a collective website or is there a donation page yeah, or how donation do we, page? How do we help uh, get, make sure that these papers stick around? Yeah, I would say. You, wherever you live, subscribe to your local newspaper. Subscribe to your paper wherever you are. Um, you can go to the Marion County Record to, to I think, a, a one-year online subscription is thirty-five dollars. Hmm. Uh, and of course, we we depend on donations uh, from our readers as well, and and so does State's Newsroom and all the affiliates across the country. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. And when this, if, as this story continues, please come back. And if anything else is happening, um, it's just great to have to know someone who is uh, mm-hmm. you know, on the ground there and, uh, and honestly just doing great work. So thank you, Sherman. Thank you so much for having me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. There it was, our talk with Sherman Smith, a great man. Uh, doing traditional good old grassroots journalism. Ooh, yeah, that's well, the journalism that's exciting. Yeah, and that's also you know the state's newsroom model, this new nonprofit model. It's it's so different from that profit driven that leads to corporate media mm-hmm. that we right, always right. kind of talk about on this show. Is just corporate media can get uh, compromised, and the nice Very thing easily. with nonprofit. Uh, News and journalism like State's Newsroom is they're driven by their donors. You know, if you like what you see, you can uh, make a donation and then you'll keep getting that good news that you already like anyway. So Absolutely. It's, it's a better model, I think. Um, I think so as well. Journalism clean. And it gets uh, it all politics. As we talk about our local and good journalism is also local. Yeah. It lets you know what's happening in your community with your water and all those things that are super important. Yeah. That never get covered by, again, the mainstream media. Right. Because it's a small town fry. Why would they care about that? What right. stood out to me was when he talked about, like, the MAGA people being involved in also seeing this as a wrong. Yeah. Also seeing as right. this is government overreach. Because it's crazy because at the same time, if you probably ask them about what's happening and what happened in Florida and Mar-a-Lago, yeah. they say that is government, government overreach, yeah. too. So we know that Americans under understand when the police and when the government is, you know, getting out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I I feel like it it encourages me because there's people, even MAGA, deep in there, yeah. somewhere in there, they see it. Well, and we're seeing it with the a lot of the uh, different uh, referendums on abortion and a lot of other civil yeah. liberties. People are just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. yeah. We can't, and we saw that also in Ohio with uh, issue one. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to our conversation with, um, with Sal Albanese from the last episode, I mean, initiatives, referendums, that's your most direct democracy. Yeah. And these small town newspapers, it's your it's your most localized version of that freedom of the press. There's mm-hmm. a reason it is in the First Amendment, and that's because the founding fathers, American Revolution, they're printing their anti-King George newsletters and with their printing presses, and then the British troops would come and shut them down. So this Kansas raid, 
like you said, it's the yeah. first time, at least in modern history, but honestly, it might be the first kind of newspaper raid authoritarian approach to a newspaper that we've seen since the American Revolution when the British were doing it to the colonists. Those cops, I just, when they go out to their local bars in Marianne County, I hope everyone just has a picture of Joan Meyer there. Just be like, you remember when you killed that old yeah. bitch? Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, good yeah. job, officer. Remember when you killed that 98 year old woman? <laughs> oh my God, you right? Fucking moron. <laughs> so, my question to you guys is do you think this only happened in Trump's America? Would this have happened had Hillary won, you know, I'm just hypothetically? Sure. Who knows? I mean, these local police precincts have been getting out of hand for a long freaking time. Yeah. But I think to your point, as as Sherman mentioned, he's out there. He's talking to these people before the before the Trump rally. Right. That was and he's story. like, everything is chill. And then Trump is like, fuck the media, fuck the press. And then, and then all of a sudden he's like, God dang it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's it's crazy. I mean, Trump certainly didn't help. So maybe these cops did feel emboldened. Yeah. Well, probably. It sounds like this police chief, like we also highlighted, and obviously more facts are going to come. Yeah. To light, we don't know everything yet. But it sounds like he was already a very controversial cop in his original. Yeah. Out of Kansas City, I think he said he was from. And then um, it's also, again, why you have to vote for the right people, because it seems like city council didn't really do a lot of Googling. <laughs> exactly. And be like, who's this guy who wants to be sheriff? You yeah, or, sheriff. Or police chief. chief. Yeah. Police yeah. chief. Yeah. 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 And you elect those. Those are actually usually right in states and uh -huh, city council. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. That's your most direct form of democracy. So the I city mean, council needs to be held accountable yes. for this. And the, obviously, the police department and the police chief need to all go. And I there's agree. only five guys. There's only five of them. <laughs> right. You got to find five better people. <laughs> right? Can you find five better cops in the Jeez, state of Kansas? Bunch of and morons. Then I do agree with your assessment too that um, the sheriff, obviously, he had to. You know, he's obligated to loan deputies like when they're called by a, lo a local police department, but for the, the sheriff to kind of be like, ah, hold on, I didn't have nothing to do with this here. He yeah. was wanting to get out of this jam so bad, but there's got to be some accountability on the sheriff's Absolutely. office too in Marion County. So that's All kinda, the way down. That's kind of my thinking. It's like, maybe this did happen because of Trump's America, but the consequences of the action, they mm -hmm. thought they probably were not going to face any consequences. Mm -hmm. I think that they just live in a little isolated exactly. Marion County. Who gives a fuck about exactly. Marion County yeah, record? Yeah, yeah. Well, now, now they find out everybody, everybody does. does. Yes. yes. And yes. so that's, I think that's, that's, that's the Trump America thinking. They yeah. thought they were in a small town. No one would ever care. Right. But in reality, you still live in America. It's still a free country. Yeah. And free speech is still here. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it makes me think back to our David Pepper interview from a couple episodes ago as well, where it's just like when the extremist and when the authoritarian overreach does go too far, even your most moderate, independent, and sometimes just diehard MAGA Republicans, yeah. they're going to see it as the overreach that it is. Yep. This is the one thing that we can all come together on. Ooh, mm, cookie cookie. That's a fun uh, Ookie cookie for democracy. <laughs> come. Uh, come. I love it. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. We'll keep you updated on this story. Again, that was Sherman Smith, and he uh, he's doing fantastic work, and we thank him for coming to speak with us. That's right. To check out all the state's newsrooms, uh, they're expanding rapidly. They're in uh, state capitals all across That's the country. Great. And so, yeah, it's, it's again, you're, you're kind of filling a void of uh, newspapers that are disappearing. Well, and it, it reminds me, you know, of, we've seen a lot of people at state houses with guns and things of that nature. Um, because we have an erosion of our media class, mm, you know, the journalists right. are supposed to be there. So then people don't feel so angry. They show up with AR-15s right. and yeah. watch, you know, local politicians vote. Right. You're supposed to have a journal. You're supposed to have that as a, almost a, a buffer for democracy. Yeah, it's yeah. the fourth estate. It's, it's the, the fourth, fourth estate. Uh, yeah, branch Absolutely. of government. So. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Have a great time out there. And hopefully Anything? we'll see you in Burbank Sunday, September 17th at Flappers. Oh, We're doing Flappers. another <laughs> Yourself America show. I love it. They've been a lot of fun. So, you know what uh, flaps? 
My mouth? The American flag. Oh, wow. flapping in that audience. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Flapping. Yeah, we're going to go, no, we're going to wear pants, but we're going to show our butts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flappers. Flapping in the wind. Hey, how is his butt so big and small? <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourself. Talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.